Welcome to Worship at Grace Lakin. This service was recorded on August 1st, 2021. We continue the summer psalm series with Psalms 100. In his sermon titled, Marks of the Church, Pastor Ram Dias reminds us to lean on the truth of God's love and mercy, serving him with joy, even when in doubt or feeling downhearted. before we get going. Uh, I know I sent an email and called you guys and freaked out. I'm like, oh, what's it going for? Uh, but no, um, we're, we hopefully want to start some new stuff in September. Uh, so again, you can read your email for more information, but I told you that there would be a small like little uh, packet about small groups. So we are going to start small groups in September. Just a way to grow and be committed to growing together. Um, just a way to really deepen our faith um, together. Because yes, you have a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's never <laughs> we, we 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 know Him together and we know each other together. So again, there's more information back there. The main thing is is if you're interested, just come and let me know um, that you're saying hey. Uh, we're not going to make you, you know, <laughs> sign in blood and, you know, small groups not like, you know, no. We just, um, if you want to try it out and then you find out it's too much for you or whatever, then it's okay. It's okay. I'm again, I'm not a pastor that keeps a little sticker chart with attendance. Like, this is just for you. If, if, if And so anyway, that's back there by the coffee. Also back there by the coffee is a sign up for the football meals. Um, have questions about that? Let me know uh, again. But that's that's back there as well. And then one last thing. Again, this was in the email. Uh, guys, men, um, we are going to start doing a men's leadership training starting September as well. And I heard from some of you like, yes, I'm in. Um, I actually have the schedule. I have the books. I have everything for that back on a table back there as well. So any of these things, small group, men's leadership training, football meals. Just encourage you to, to see that after after the service. Uh, but again, um, Tyson and Eric are gone this morning, uh, but, so that's why I'm stepping in with a welcome. But just want to remind you what we're about, our mission statement, which um, is by grace, we are rooted in the gospel. We're committed to growing together, and then we're sent. So look at the progression here. So gospel rooted, then we're going to grow deep together, and then now we're sent to love Lincoln, to reach Lincoln and the nations. Amen? All right. So let's stand and let's sing extra loud uh, this morning. All right, Chad? Yeah, because Chad's solo this morning. So all right, let's just stand and enjoy some of the call to worship. You're all stuck with me today. So <laughs> our call to worship is from Psalm 113, verses 1 through 3. Uh, I'll read the portion where it says 1, and you can all join me where it says all. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised.
that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I love that part where it says, let us return to the Lord. And again, that's what this time of renewal is. We're just saying, uh, we're returning to you, Lord. Uh, we need you, Lord. We're going to take a time, Lord, where we're just signing a prayer of confession and reflecting on, again, your majesty. And then just coming, just coming and needing his grace. And so uh, let's let's just have a time of now just signing a prayer and confession, just being with the Lord and just preparing our heart even more for worship. Father, I think of that line, but this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. And we we just come again, not in our own strength this morning. And Lord, I don't know everyone's heart this morning, but but you do, you know. And we can't hide anything from you, Lord. And I just it, as we come to you just now, just this this time, and again, I don't know what was confessed, I don't know what's been brought to some of these people's minds, but Lord, what I do know is your grace is, is bigger, that there is not a sin that you won't forgive, there's not a pain that you, you can't help, um, and so Lord, I just pray that you would draw near, you would draw near to that person this morning, or that just feels just weak, and God help them. Get the eyes off of themselves this morning and get it on you and your glory and your majesty. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. So hear the word of the Lord now and in our assurance of pardon. Where it says, oh, I love this verse. Romans 5, 6, and 8, and then 10. While we were so weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his love for us. And while that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death of his son, much more, now that we be reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand again and join chat for a hymn of response. A hymn of response.
blazing hot. Normally, it's time you're like doing some like shoveling or something. I don't know. It's super labor intensive work. And so we're working all week, and then in the evening, uh, we would we would have a worship service. You know, and we would just crank the worship music up, and sometimes we even get to the message because we're just you know dancing around and, and, and singing. Well, I remember this year because there was a guy that was helping out at Rancho Freeman, who was one of the workers, and he was not a believer. And matter of fact, he was like, even had like a sour taste in his mouth for Christians. And he was kind of doubtful and skeptical. And I remember this guy would like kind of work with us and like just kind of like, I don't know, kind of be rolling his eyes, looking at us. I just kind of constantly felt like we were under his radar. Well, you know, he would come by our worship service and look in. Well, one of the nights he actually showed up to our worship service. And he, he came in and he sat in the back and he had his head down and he just sat with his head down. And the whole time, you know, we're singing and we're singing and clapping and preaching and, and it's head down. And as soon as the service is over, he leaves. I was like, oh, man, you know, just no, no response. Just be left. And so I'm cleaning up and I go back uh, to the commons area and I see this guy crying. And he's surrounded by some of the, our leaders and some of the students that are there. And he's just crying. He's just crying and crying, and so he's surrounded by them, and I can tell they're talking to him. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And, and sooner or later, I come up, and come to find out, he, he was converted. Uh, he, he came to faith. He just was cut to the heart, and uh, you know, he just instantly gave his heart to Jesus. And I remember you know, having this conversation with him, and I was like, I was like oh my goodness, God, this is amazing. I was like, what, what was the tipping point, man? Like, what made you want to, you know, give your heart to the Lord? And he's like, you know, hey, Brent, I, I can't, like, honestly, I've been watching you guys, and it's like, these people have no reason to be joyful. Like, why do they have so much joy? Why are they singing? What is this all about? And, he, and then he said, this was the key. It, wasn't, it didn't stop with us. It, it said, I want to know who was their God. I want to know who they know. And man, I will say, yes, I say that not to boast, and that happens all like we yes, those believers in that moment won in that time. We won. That was great. That was a great victory where they where someone on the outside looked in and said, Wow, look at the example of what's going on in their life. And that's amazing. And they saw marks. They saw the joyful worship. They saw the preaching. They saw these marks of the church and it drew them to God and His majesty. And it was a great time. But I can guarantee you, that's not always the case. Matter of fact, there's been other testimonies where people will come and say, man, you guys are just judgmental. That church is just hypocritical. That's, that church is just condemning. And most of the time, our culture has a verbs. They use verbs like this to describe a body of faith. But the main question I want to ask us is what? What about you? What verbs? What things do you think should mark the church? What should we be known for? What should we be known for? And that's really what I believe that this psalm is, is answering. 
This psalm is actually answering some of the key marks of a church. What should make up? What are, like, you know, what are, what are some of the things that should be defining it? And now, these are not everything. I will say that. These are not all the marks. I'm not going to give you every mark of the church. This is just, I'm going to define everything about the church. No. Uh, but these are just some um, that we'll see here. Okay? So, to kind of help us go through this text, I'm just going to simply ask the question, alright, what are some, uh, what are what are some marks of the church according to this passage? So what are some of the marks? And then how do we fuel those? How do, where do we get the energy and the strength to actually do these things? If these are the marks, how do, how do we fuel them? Okay? You tracking? Okay, good. Here we go. So uh, the first mark I want you to see here, and this comes from verses 1 and 2. So verses 1 and 2, and the first mark is a church that worships. A church that worships. I love how this psalm starts. Make a joyful noise. <laughs> Make a joyful noise. Or be or, or hear this. Be loud. <laughs> I love that. And you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy because my house is loud. And it's okay. Children, we love that you're in here. If you're loud, it's alright. We're commanded to be loud. Alright? Alright. It said be loud. Make a joyful noise. But then it's also interesting because then you go later in the Psalms sometimes, like Psalms 46, where it's saying, be still. <laughs> be still. As if to say, yes, it's okay sometimes to be loud, and if that's you, and that's one of your ways, be loud, be loud, sing. But then there's also times of, I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still. But now I also know that many of you, like me, uh, you know, see this. <laughs> joyful noise and, and instantly what we do is we think of worship and we automatically equate it with what? Singing. And, and <laughs> that, that doesn't do some good stuff in you know, like it kind of does me because my brother got all the singing in town on the chat. Okay? You don't want me up here. Alright? I'll try my best. Uh, but <laughs> I, you hear that and you think oh gosh like Sunday morning sometimes at Grace like I don't really like to sing and I'm trying to sing real silent because I'm a broken record. Well, let me just let me just clear something up for you that will help you. And this might be really elementary, but you have to understand that Jesus and God is not saying joyful noise as if, oh man, did they hit E sharp or A? I don't even know. Did they hit that note? Do they sound beautiful? You know? Oh man, Chad just missed that song. It's, it's not a joyful noise. I'm not pleased. No. And if you come in here and you sweat every worship, like, I, oh my God, this is Oh, I just say, well, well, it's a quiet. Hear me out. God, is, God cares about your heart. He wants your heart. He wants to, the, the key of singing is, is a heart that just is enthralled with his worship. Like, it should be natural. Like, you don't, you don't get together and watch a sports game and think, and then you go, yeah, and you're like, oh gosh, did I, did, I, did I do that okay? No, because it's natural. It's a sports game. Same thing with worship. is we're coming into his glory, into his presence, and we're like, yeah. And you might sound different than that person, but it's about him. It's about his word. Now, I also know, though, that so many of us automatically link this word with singing, and the psalmist is going to be like, well, hold it. I'm actually going to correct that. Because a lot of people when they hear worship, they automatically think it's just singing. And so, look, look at verse 2. This is really interesting. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, this word serve is a really comprehensive term in Hebrew. Okay? One author says it's used in the Old Testament to describe formal acts of praise. So you have these temple times, like these formal acts of praise. Okay? Good. But it also is used to describe ordinary work, as in like Genesis 2. So, Ren, Pastor Ren, what, what does that mean? Like, what, why should that help me? It should help you a lot. Because, yes, that means you can come into a building like this, and we have these formal acts of times of worship. Chad and Eric get up here and sing it, and I'm here preaching the word. But that means you don't leave these doors and exit worship. This is, this is really key. This means, okay, as if Paul says, listen to this, Paul, later in the New Testament, he writes, what, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of, of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Why this is so good and what this should change about you is this, this change is something now. This change is because now Monday morning, you're not waking up and just like, ah, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just serving the hospital. I'm just, I'm just serving, I'm just serving my farm. I'm just, I'm just serving, uh, you know, working for the school. I don't just merely rear my children or try to complete first or second grade. I don't merely just try to get my homework done. I don't merely just try to cook supper. I don't merely just try to go to church. I am serving the Lord. And why that should change you is because uh, when you get those, those feelings like Monday morning, uh, and I mean, how many of you there are like my children? Oh my goodness, I've got to do bedtime again. And, and, and now you can say you're not just doing it at bedtime. You're not just, you're not just again going and checking your crops. What you're actually doing is you're serving the Lord. You're saying, I can actually run, actually do this in a way that um, is the same kind of thing as worship on Sunday morning. I can actually, uh, you know, love and, and care for and, and, and lead my family in a way that, that it's actually worship, like an action give worship to God. Yeah. You're saying, Rim, like actually when I'm, you know, um, sitting in the tractor or doing this or, or yes, I'm saying that you can do it in a way to say, God, help me to do this to your glory. And help me actually to, to not think, oh, I'm just serving my farm or serving my boss or doing this for them. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for you. And when you do it with that mindset, guess what needs to happen? I'm telling you, you get a little more joy in you. You get a little more like, ah, yes, this is, I'm doing it. I want to do it all for the glory of God. And then people look on and go like, why are you so happy on Monday morning? Like, oh. Uh, why are you so joyful, right? I mean, because you're like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm, I'm serving Him. So yes, worship with sing. Yeah, we, we, we need to worship with song. But we also need to 
we, under, we need to understand that we're worshiping him with, with loud, joyful shouts through everyday work. Everyday work. Okay, so the next thing we, we see here um, is that I, we have to point something out, though. Because in Psalm 100, you see that, uh, I don't know about you, but you see all of these emotions, like joy, you get joyful, you know, gladness, okay, singing, and I don't know about you, but you, you see these things, and over and over again in the Bible, you're commanded emotion. You're commanded to be, have these emotions. And But here's the, here's the question. What if you don't feel very joyful? What if you don't feel very glad? What if you don't feel like singing? You're like me, and life is hard, and you're like, Rev, I literally stepped in worship, and this song is like, make joyful noise, be glad. I don't feel glad. I don't feel like singing. I've had one of them days, one of them weeks, and I, the, the last thing I want to do is be joyful. I want to kick someone's teeth in this morning. So what do you look at? What do you do? What do you do in that moment? What does the Bible do? What is the next verse? Like literally, what is the next verse? What does verse 3 start with? Does verse 3 start with, well, well, suck it up, buttercup. Come on. Like, get your act together. You're a Christian. You should just be joyful already. Just be joyful. Come on. Is that what the scriptures say? Come on. Just come on. Just be more joyful. I told you to be joyful. Be more joyful. No. But what it does, what the text does, and this is what it seeks your, it, it now says, well, how do I get my affections in line? You're going to focus on the truth. I want you to focus on truth. Truth about God. Truth about God. And this is the second mark of the church right here. So, and this is what we see in, in verse 3. And this is where we get fuel. So if you're feeling like, I don't want to sin, I don't even want to do that thing at work, like you said, I don't want that joy. What is the fuel? Truth. And this is the second mark of the church. Second mark of the church is a church that reflects on truth. A church that reflects on truth about God. So we learned a couple of things in verse 3 about God. That's really important. So he says, it almost sounds redundant. Know that the Lord, He is God. So you're like, that sounds redundant. Know that the Lord, He is God. What? He just said it twice. Well, the Lord is, that's that, 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 that covenant name, that personal name of God, Jehovah. So meaning, you can know God personally. So it's the first thing you can know about God. You can know Him personally, close through a relationship with Jesus. Second thing we can know about God in verse 3 is that He made us. The text says, He who made us. And I love this. We are His. We are His. We're not our own. You're not, this is an important truth to get, guys, because you're not just some brain on a stick. <laughs> you're not just some brain on a stick, but you've been handcrafted. And, and, and God knows you. And that is so important. Listen, this is so important for your identity. It's so important for your identity to know that God handcrafted and made you. Because, and let me just explain it with a little bit of an illustration. So, when someone makes something or they manufacture something, 
Okay, so let's just say this shirt. Okay, when some like the people who made this shirt to, to, to define that this is their shirt, what do they do? Most of the time, I don't have a most of the time, what do they do? They put their label on it. They put their name on it or a logo, right? Because and they have the right to. Because why? They manufactured it. They made it. So they are the ones who can label it. Okay. It would be really silly if I, you know, if, let's say there's a big logo here, and I took a big label and I said Rams. Okay? That would be a little weird. Okay? For, uh, I mean, it's like, no. You can't label it because, Brent, you didn't make that shirt. You didn't make that shirt. You didn't, you can't put your label over it because you didn't manufacture it. And I'm, I'm, I'm drawing it out because this is what's so, this is, here it is. So many of us, so many of us We'll pick up labels that our friends have told us, that our culture has told us, that the enemy has told us things like this. I'm just stupid. I'm just ugly. I'm, I'm not a very good mom. I'm not a very good dad. I'm just not that great at work. And you put up all these labels. And it's crazy because God's like, whoa, hold it, child. Hold it. I manufactured you. I made you. I handpicked you. I knew you in your mother's womb. I, I made you and molded you. And no one can label you. No one could put labels on you besides me because I'm the one who made you and manufactured you. And guess what the label I put on you as? I put on you as loved and cherished and redeemed. And I'm for you, not against you. And so it's very important, especially men, for helping our kids understand this because he made us. And the world and other people are going to want to put labels on who you are and you're going to want to pick them up. And the only person that can define who you are and you need to get your identity is from the one who made you. And that is God. That's God. So that's the truth about God we should know and rest in. And then the another truth, and I'm just going to just say this one real quickly. He said, he's our shepherd. He's our shepherd. And I said this real quickly because we went on this with Psalm 23, right? We dove into that. But basically, look at the text in verse 3. It says, and the sheep of this pasture. That means that God is actually, he's, he's tending us as sheep in his pasture. He's watching over us. He's leading us. Again, as we talked about in verse 23. So, you don't have joy. You don't feel like singing. You don't feel gladness. The psalmist is saying again in verse 3, reflect back on truth. Reflect on truth of who God is. He made you. He loves you. He designed you. Know that he is God and you can know him personally. Which then actually reflecting on that truth now is actually going to lead us to a third mark in verse 4. Where he said the third mark of the church is Hearts that are thankful. Hearts that are thankful in His presence. Hearts that are thankful. See, knowing how great God is in verse 3, again, it leads them into verse 4, which is this. Come into His presence with thanksgiving. Okay? With thanksgiving. His courts and praise. Bless His name. 
See, it's people that are thankful. It's when we're caught up in thankfulness of what God has done, actually leads us into his presence. See, I was listening to a pastor this week explaining how do, how do people come to faith, and he was wrongly correcting this idea that a lot of people think, that a lot of Christians think that, that, that most unbelievers come to faith from a fear of hell. And I've met some Christians, I mean, uh, unbelievers that became Christians because of that. But as this pastor said, he says, if your perspective is if I don't love God because he's going to hurt me, then it will be very hard for you to love God. And see, again, as he was saying, and I agree with him, he says, most, it's, it's not... It's not the despair of the afterlife that most people come to faith. It's the despair of this life that people come to faith. It's things like this. Oh, I, I got the job. I got the job. I got the job. I got that final amount of money. My kids were successful. We got that big old yacht. We got that house up in the mountains. We, 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 you know, I, I got that nice, you know, good, fit body that I can, you know, that I post it up on Instagram. I got it all. But yet, I, I don't have it because I feel something in my gut. I feel something in my heart that's just is leading me in a way that I'm like, what's still missing? And when people get to that point, I'm telling you guys, when people get to that point, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God begins to open their, high, their, their eyes and, and they see that, oh my goodness, there's actually more than this life than just horizontal. This is what's happening here. But God is actually wanting to be deeply, intimately involved through his relationship with his son, Jesus. And when they start seeing that, and they start seeing these things through a lens of like, I get to enjoy all of these life's pleasures, but they don't end there. They point me to a, a God who's, who's for me, who's made me, and for his glory. A heart gets starting to be thankful, and they start getting thankful, and then that actually leads them to God's presence. It leads into God's presence. And see, now you can have all the gadgets in the world and, or, or no gadgets in the world, or you can, you can not have the job, you can not have the money, and your heart's content. And you can say, Lord, I'm thankful because I have everything that I need in you. Everything I have need in you. So that was the mark, the third mark. And the, the, the fourth and final mark is a church that is missional. A church that is missional. And we see this in verse 5. See, at first glance, at verse 5, you might not see this missional aspect. And when I say missional, uh, I mean uh, a church that is, uh, you know, like we're, we're sits love Lake, a, a church that is going and telling other people about Jesus. A church that is, is serving and loving and and, and willing to go out and proclaim the, 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 about our God and our relationship with Him through our Son, His Son Jesus. And again, you might not see it there, but look with me where it says in the end of verse five: His faithfulness to all generations. 
And then you look back at verse 1, and it says, Make a joyful noise, all the earth. As again, as if to say, the message of the truth of the gospel goes, yes, to nations, but it's also to be passed on to generation to generation. It's to be passed on to our kids, and we're supposed to talk about the things of God for our kids, but then it's also supposed to go to all nations. And again, the pushback might be, Rem, I don't really want to share my faith and, you know, Rem, I don't, ah, like talking to my kids about God and praying with them, like, ah, it's kind of hard for me, but I will just say this. Again, if you want your affections served for God, you want your affections served for God, I would say step out in faith and just, just step out in faith and just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to proclaim the goodness of our God. To our children, I'm going to make sure we're praying, we're reading the scripture together, and I'm going to make sure every every moment I'm just aware around those people around me that how I can share the faith with them. But then you want to ask, it's like, well, Pastor Ray, what do I share in those moments? Again, what do I share about God? I'm glad you asked because the verse answers it. In verse 5, it says, We say this, the Lord is good. The Lord is good, telling our children over and over and over again that God is good. He made you. He loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. Telling people that in a world that where everything is evil and everything is bad, we're the ones that are saying our God is good. He's good. I know he makes it and the world is evil, but no, here's the deal. Our God is actually a good heavenly father. And he fills that word good out when he describes it even more. His steadfast love, his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Again, meaning the ultimate way God showed his goodness and his steadfast love and his faithfulness was in the sending of his son, Jesus. I love what one author uh, wrote, as we finish up here, he says, the cross has brought salvation to the world. If God brought the greatest good, which was making a way for you to enjoy him and your sins to be dealt with, out of the greatest evil, having Jesus die, he can bring good out of what seems to be evil in your own life. It's all part of God's good plan. So this text ends by again just screaming the gospel. It just ends with screaming coming back to Jesus. Meaning this, you don't feel joyful, you don't feel thankful, you don't feel like telling people about Jesus, you don't feel like again singing the text is not screaming, shame on you. Well, come on, Christian. The text is screaming, refocus, refocus, focus back on truth, child. Focus back on truth and knowing who God is. That you can bring your shame, you can bring your hurt, you can bring that bad day, you can bring those those feelings that you don't, again, you might not feel like it, you can bring those to God and say, Jesus, again, thank you. Thank you that you endured the cross for me. Thank you that you 
We're the ultimate picture of joy and thankfulness and singing. It's saying, preach the truth again to your heart. And a heart, okay, and a heart that has truth focuses on the truth of who God is. And maybe you love me. He sent his son Jesus to die for me. Then you focus on truth, which then leads to affection. This, ah, I want to sing. I want to reflect on him. Then it leads to action. That's the pattern you see here. So, I just in, in closing, what's gonna, what are some of the marks that should define us going forward? And I don't know about you, but I want to be defined like this. A church that's focused, rooted in the life, death, burial of our King and Savior, Jesus. Where we can come just as we are to Him. But God, knowing a God that we love and we're going to focus on Him, our our preaching and everything we do is just going to magnify how great God is. And as we focus on Him, my prayer is that it spills over to affections that join in and actions that willingly want to go out and share and sing and live for His glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we thank you that, that God, you... Your word is true. And I pray that God, you would just, just help us. Um, help us to apply this text. Um, Lord, there, there's many times you brought me to this text, even this week, where I don't feel like singing. I don't feel very joyful. And then you tell me, bring me focus on truth about who I am. And so, Lord, again, I'm just praying that if that's anybody here this morning, Lord, uh, they're... Ah, Maybe their affections aren't lined up. Again, I just pray that you remind them of the truths of who you are. That you are good. Your steadfast love endures forever. Your faithfulness. That you actually handcrafted them. So they can tear down. I pray they would throw down any labels they picked up from friends, from family, that they put on themselves that you're saying, no, that label on yourself. I'm the one who hates you. I'm the one who loves you. And Lord, I'm also praying too, if anyone does not know you, and does not have a personal relationship with you, like this in verse 3, that they would just simply admit the truth, that they're a sinner. They can't save themselves, but Jesus took their place. He lived a life they couldn't live and died to death, that that was theirs, and rose again. Conquering their sin, their shame, their hurt, and bringing back to you. And Lord, I'm praying by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, however you want them to confess that faith, to come to you, I pray that you would do that in this moment of silence right now. And then the rest of us would be praying. It would take a moment just right now to pray for those who don't know you. So let's do that real quick. Father, and if anyone came to faith, I just pray that they would share that with someone before they leave. But also, I just pray that you would just excite us even more for sharing the gospel. 
that we would be a church that would be about not inward growth, but outward expansion. We would desire deeply for the kingdom to be expanded. So break our hearts for those that are lost. And that may we share your hope. This is Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we come now to a time of tithes and offering. And um, where you can see here in First uh, Timothy six eighteen, it says, "Do good, uh, do good to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share." Uh, again, guys, if giving is a way that we're it's, it's that's, that's another way that we can worship. We can worship by what we do with our money. And so, if you feel stirred to give, there's ways to give online. That's clearly on directions right outside the back doors there, and then there's envelopes as well uh, back there. So, but if you would, join us now in this closing song, 10,000 Reasons, uh, and let's sing it out. Let's be joyful. Let's be loud. It don't matter. All right? All right? All right, let's sing it out.
that even in your work and in your play, you can worship and bring glory to God. Amen? Alright. Be blessed. Make a loud noise. <laughs>